Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we have a lady from Montreal, Isabel Lamb, and she's part of a team with Jamie Lee, and they run an organization called Remax Remix Snacks. And it's Responsible Snacks, and they also have a movement called the Mindful Snacking Movement. So we're going to get into that, but first of all, welcome, Isabel. Thank you, Peter. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so let's get into your education first. Where did you go to post-secondary school? So Jamie and I actually both went to McGill for the dietetics program. So we're both now registered dietitians, and that's actually where we met. We're both from Markham, but we didn't meet until we went to school in Montreal and we're neighbors in um, residence. <laughs> okay. So after school, did you go to work? Um, I guess this is my work. So we actually started Remix during the last year of our undergrad. And then right after we graduated, we saw that there was so much potential in this company that it just became our job. Um, we worked as dietitians a little bit afterwards as well to supplement income. So we kind of balanced both until recently when this became our full-time career. So where did that work take place? Uh, the dietetics work? Yes. Uh, mainly in private clinics. I also worked at a local gym here in Quebec um, as a dietitian and then as, at a private clinic as well. And then Jamie did the same thing at a private clinic part-time. But you both grew up in Markham. Yes. We decided to stay in Montreal after graduation just because we love the city so much. We love Markham. We love Toronto. Don't get us wrong. <laughs> but um, it is just a different kind of vibe here in Montreal. And this is where we initially started Remix when we were at McGill. So we figured we had such a great community here of entrepreneurs and other startups that we wanted to stay here for a little bit. And it's been around two and a half years and we're still here. Uh, we do go back and forth, of course, pre-COVID, but this is our home for now. Okay, how did you come up with the name? Remix? That's a very good question. Um, so we actually used to be roommates, so we sat at our kitchen table and we are like, okay, this is going to define our brand essentially. And we kind of looked at what we wanted to do with the company and do with our brand. And a big part of it was kind of changing the snacks that were out there. So as dietitians, we saw that there weren't a lot of healthy options for our clients and patients. So we wanted to essentially remix the options that were up there, out there. And another big part of our mission is to use upcycled fruits to reduce food waste. So we wanted to use that re uh, part, like the three R's, reduce, reuse, recycle, uh, as part of the company name. And so that's how we came up with it. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. So are you incorporated? Yes, we are incorporated in Canada. Okay. And are there other shareholders besides yourselves? Right now, it's just us two. Uh, we were on Dragon's Den like way back and were given a deal there. But ultimately, after like talking to them and as a company grew, we wanted different things. So we didn't go through with it. So we're still just a 50-50 between Jamie and I. And what happens if you don't agree? 
we always end up coming to an agreement. We do have obviously shareholders agreements and everything and the legal side, but we've been friends for so long and we worked together on multiple different organizations and had like a previous cookie jar business before that. We, we know how to communicate to, uh, with each other and always, if our opinions don't always align, we always find a way to compromise and come to a decision together. Hold on now, you said you had another business? Kind of. I, it wasn't incorporated or anything. It was a thing that we used to do just in undergrad to make a few extra dollars on the side and just for fun. So we used to make cookie jar um, mixes. So essentially you had like the flour, the sugar, or the chocolate chips, all that fun stuff. And we sold it at an artisanal farmer's market at our campus that was biannual. And that was kind of where we jump started, I guess, our entrepreneurial spirit. And then from there is what Remix, well, it has nothing to do with Remix, but we like to say that's kind of what started the idea of wanting to build a business together. So where did you get the funding to start Remix? So obviously we were students, we had some student debt, we didn't have a lot of money. So we only put in around $2,000 total between the two of us. And then we were lucky enough that we actually started the business through this pitch competition called the Dobson Cup at McGill. And we won two final prizes there. So we got $10,000 uh, dollars in grants to jumpstart the business for the first year, and that's what really fueled us. So, do you have a board of directors? Not currently, it's still just the two of us. We are looking to kind of grow perhaps uh, by the end of this year, next year, and start building that board and maybe look into investments. So, that's definitely on the horizon. Okay, because Having a board of directors is important to what you're doing because mm -hmm. they provide you knowledge and information that you may not have. Exactly. Because exactly. You're, you're very strong on the health side, but maybe you need some help on the marketing and the finance. And yeah, exactly. We like to joke that the last two and a half years has just been one long business course for us because obviously we were we come from science backgrounds, like you said. So it's been definitely a big learning curve. And we were fortunate enough to be part of an accelerator program, the Y Space program at York University. So that really helped kind of give us a good group of mentors that guided us through there and almost acted as like a mini board for that four month duration that we were within the program. Hold on now. Y Space is in Markham, isn't it? Yes, they are. We are, so we are incorporated in Markham because we are from Markham and we weren't sure where we were gonna be, you know, after we graduated. So as like a safe um, bet, we just kind of based the found, uh, the foundation of the company is in Markham, yeah. Okay, so tell me about your products. Yeah, for sure. So right now we have one product line, it's called Bean Bark and it's basically a healthy dark chocolate bark where we use plant-based proteins, so beans, uh, for the added nutrition. And then we also have upcycled fruits to reduce food waste. So what upcycled fruits are basically, quote unquote, imperfect fruits that are normally thrown out because there's an extra bump, there's an extra bruise, they don't look as shiny or as round. And normally they don't get sold in supermarkets because we have such a high standard for appearances for our foods. So instead of throwing them out, we like to use them in our products because they're equally as nutritious. So right now we have the three flavors that are made from 70% dark chocolate. We have apples, our original, cranberries, and peaches. And where do you sell them? Right now we sell them um, across over 50 metros in Ontario. We're part of the local program there. And Sobeys in Ontario and a few food lands and your independence. 
um, and some Loblaws. So that's like our main market right now. And we're looking to expand across to Quebec as well as the West over the next few months. Okay. Not into the U.S. yet. Uh, not yet. It's a whole different battleground from what we've heard. We did start selling online to the U.S., so we also have an e-commerce platform where we launched um, into the U.S. last, uh, yeah, at the end of last year. So we're starting to dabble into it and learn more about the market, but from what we've seen, it is quite different from the market up here in Canada. Well, maybe you need to go on Shark Tank. <laughs> we've got to do the opposite, eh? It's true. <laughs> One day. Okay. So... What do your parents think about this? Do they think you're a little nuts at the beginning? <laughs> um, they were actually really supportive, uh, which was really nice to have that backing from the very get-go. Jamie's dad is also in the food industry, so it was nice to have someone that had some experience that was able to give us some mentorship very early on. But both our, par our sets of parents have been super supportive in terms of like what we wanted to do, and we're in weren't hesitant actually at all in terms of like being like, you know what, after graduation, like go for it. Like, don't worry um, about everything else. Just like try it. You never know what's going to happen. But they didn't hit you. You didn't hit them up for money. Um, not really, to be honest. We tried to do it. We tried to bootstrap it ourselves as much as possible. They have helped out here and there uh, with some loans, which has been really nice as well. Okay. So going forward, are you seeking other sources of funds to help you? Do you, mm -hmm. need, do you need grants or? Yeah, so grants have been very, very helpful over the last two years, especially with COVID. Um, it was grants that really helped create that exponential growth that we experienced, uh, thankfully, during COVID. And that was very fortunate. And we're really appreciative of all the grants that we were able to get. So that was a big part of it. And then also loans through uh, banks and, and organizations like BBC. Okay. So three years from today, mm -hmm. what is Remix going to look like? We hope to be the beginnings of a snack empire. We are launching a few different other products this year, and that's really going to help us expand our, our place on shelves. And we definitely want to be in retailers across Canada and be accessible there, not just in Ontario, and hopefully starting into the American market as well, because we know that's a very big market we can tap into, especially with our types of snacks and, and what kind of the mission essentially that we're trying to achieve. So how do you manufacture and package these? Products. So we, that's a very good question. We recently actually moved to a co-manufacturer. So prior to that, it was just Jamie and I and our team, um, Val, we have another team member, like just drilling it out in a commercial kitchen that we rented, creating all the bark. And then recently we moved to a co-manufacturer in Ontario that helps us create everything just because we weren't able to meet that demand. And we didn't want to spend hours and hours in the kitchen when we could be doing other things like sales and marketing and stuff like that. So... They're a co-manufacturer, not a co-packer? Uh, same thing. I kind of use those interchangeably. Uh, but yes, they, they are co-packers. <laughs> okay. So they're in Ontario. Yes, they are in Ontario. Or we Hertz. kind of wanted to start Niagara. Niagara. So now you got to drive from Montreal mm -hmm. to Markham, mm -hmm. to Toronto, uh -huh. to, to Niagara. <laughs> Or, yes, you need, or you need to rent a helicopter. 
Yes, or teleportation would be great. <laughs> but the nice thing about, um, or I guess the silver lining with COVID is people have found a way to connect online and it's been really nice to be able to just do that, to talk to the co-packer and, and um, communicate through there. So we haven't had to make that drive. We will eventually when it's safe to go visit the manufacturing facility, but using phone calls and emails have been very, very nice in terms of keeping that communication touch point. Now, with the pandemic, mm -hmm. how well is that co-packer working? Because in a lot of Ontario, mm -hmm. we're in a shutdown mode. Yes, Which is discouraging employees going mm -hmm. into work. So, mm -hmm. so how are you coping with that? Thankfully, they are deemed an essential business. So it's been okay and smooth sailing so far. Um, through the past few lockdowns that have occurred. So none of those people probably have got their uh, vaccine yet. Um, I'm not quite sure. I haven't asked. <laughs> but hopefully with the new rules that are opening up that more people can get it, that more of their employees will be able to get vaccinated and be safe, for sure. Okay. So five years out, are mm -hmm. you going to sell this business? That's a very good question. We haven't really thought of our exit strategy yet. We do have a five-year plan, but we haven't thought, or actually, I guess we have a 10-year plan, but we haven't thought in terms of like, if we want to sell, if we want to go public, I feel like it's still a little too early. We, we just went into this full time as our careers. So we're still figuring that out. And there's so much going on that we haven't thought about the end end yet, but it's something that we, we should probably discuss at some point. <laughs> That's where board of directors can help you. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and an accountant and a lawyer. And exactly. Building that whole legal backside. Of course. So what about the people at the university? Are you still in contact with them? Or did any of the professors there provide some help? Mm -hmm. McGill was actually very supportive. They do have a great entrepreneurship center called the Dobson, which uh, the competition that we did was a part of. So that was a really great foundation at the beginning. And our program itself was also really supportive. Um, we're in the Faculty of Agriculture and Nutritional Sciences. So this was like obviously right up their alley. And another big thing that we're still connected with is we take interns from the dietetics program. So when we were part of the program, we have to do a certain amount of hours of internships at different hospitals or different settings. And after we graduated, uh, we decided that we would be open to like taking on those students as well. So we've been getting students from the faculty over the past uh, year and a half. So right now there's three of you. There's three of us in the core manage, team. Trying to manage this business. Yes, three of us, and then we have uh, another like digital ads consultant, and then the interns that fluctuate in and out throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And they're all from McGill? Um, the, so the three core of us, me, Jamie, and Val, are from McGill. Jamie and I from the dietetics program, Val from the nutrition program, and then our last friend that's a digital ads consultant, he was from, he's from another university in Toronto. So where, where's the business person? So that's why we went into the accelerator program. I think that was a very big part where we needed that help. Um, exactly, we didn't have a business background. So 
all that Googling, all that asking people, we needed guidance. We were a little bit lost in terms of like, okay, we know how to build the product, but we don't know how to build the business. And so being part of that program really, really helped us in kind of like filling in that void of exactly a business person. Well, Isabel, what's interesting about what you're doing Mm -hmm. is you are a social enterprise. Yeah. You may not have labeled yourself that, mm -hmm. but uh, that's what you are. You're Why giving, do you say that? Well, you're giving back to community, mm -hmm. and you're building the movement. Mm -hmm. And uh, see, I'm, that's all I do now. I'm, I uh, coach mm -hmm. social innovators and social enterprises. Very cool. And co-wrote a book called The Give Back Economy, mm -hmm. which shows people how to start and grow a social enterprise. So I, I think your next step is to start to build your team and to figure out what other skills and knowledge and experience you need to add to your team. Mm -hmm. And what would that look like? Yeah, that's a very good perspective, and we definitely need to start looking into that, yes. So what, what do you think you need? Uh, I think a big part that we've been struggling, well, not struggling, and we've had interns come in and help us, was the marketing aspect. I think that part we've improved a lot on after having those people come in and kind of guide us. Now, um, Val and Jamie man the marketing side really, really well. And for me, um, I manage the financial aspect. So talking to those financial con um, consultants and things like that have been super helpful, but definitely in the long run, we'll need someone who can just really hone in on that and have that expertise. How does a dietitian get into the finance area? <laughs> That's a great question. We took one accounting course, I think, in our four and a half year undergrad and probably one of the most useful courses coming into this business. Fortunately, my mom's an accountant, um, so she's been super helpful. And I just love uh, numbers have always, I guess, fascinated me, and I love spreadsheets. I love the organization of it, and I've worked in a few financial positions in different clubs and organizations. So for me, naturally, I gravitated towards that versus Jamie is a lot more creative, and so she gravitated towards the marketing aspect, and so that worked out really well in terms of, like, playing up our strengths and weaknesses. So let's shorten the time frame down six months mm -hmm. from now. Mm -hmm. What new products are you going to have on the market? I can't reveal too much, but it definitely, okay. one, they, it definitely will still ha be a big part, like have both parts of our mission of using the plant-based proteins. So the beans, we'll definitely see that and then upcycled fruits or vegetables. Uh, that's as much as I can really say, but two product lines are definitely coming out uh, within the next six months. You'll see them on the market. So stay tuned to your website. Exactly. Stay tuned on our website, our social media. That'll be a big launch on there. We're super excited. Okay. So let's talk about your movement. Mm -hmm. Who came up with that idea and what's, what's it all about? Yeah. So as dietitians, a big part of Jamie and I's practice is the concept of intuitive eating and mindful eating, which is a, a big I wouldn't say trend, but it's a big topic that's coming up in the nutrition and dietetics world. And the concept is essentially not following diet culture, not using those restrictions to place on what people eat, but rather really listening to their bodies and really enjoying the eating process. So 
because that was such a big part of our practice as dietitians, we wanted to find a way to connect that message with Remix. And so we created this movement uh, called, I mean, mindful snacking exists already. We just wanted to create a movement in terms of like getting a community together of people that really had this belief and really try to spread this uh, positive message of like, you don't need to restrict what you're eating. You don't, don't need to go on a diet. You don't need to be skinny. Like you could be happy in your own body and find other ways to be healthy than going on diets and um, kind of going on that restrictive pathway. So how do people join the movement? Uh, we do have a Facebook community, uh, a Facebook group that you can join, and the link is on our website, and we have information there about what mindful eating is and, and why it's important and why it's important to us as a company as well. Okay, Isabel, how do people reach your website? Yeah, our website is www.remixsnacks.ca. That's where all our information, our informational hub is. <laughs> so is that a CA or .com? Yes, .ca, remixsnacks.ca. Okay. Well, today we've uh, had the opportunity to talk to a social innovator <laughs> who is running a social enterprise, who's giving back to community and supporting what uh, people are doing. So thank you for your time today, Isabel. Thank you so much again for having me.